Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Church, happy Father's Day, everyone. Come on, can we give it up for all the dads in the room? I appreciate that. I is one. So um, we have four kids of our own, and I can honestly tell you I'm blessed to be their dad and get to uh, help raise them and uh, just plant life into them. And so I hope that that's your, your goal as well. If you're sitting next to a dad, dad right now, come on, why don't you just look at him right now, look him right in the eye, say, hey, big hunk. <laughs> hopefully, you got, hopefully you got one of those when you came in today. If you did not, on your way out, make sure you get one of those candy bars. We thought that would be a, just a fun treat to be able to give all the men today. So I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, I, just a couple of things, and then we're going to get into the message uh, we did have, this is uh, something brand new, it's kind of last minute, we're only a couple, of, uh, couple of, of weeks away, but have you ever been, you ever been uh, trying to make a decision whether or not to do something and then you decided, no, I don't think I'm going to do it, and then you felt like, man, I wish I'd have done that, but I'm sure glad that the time has passed and I don't have to act on what the Holy Spirit's doing in my heart right now. You ever had that moment? Well, hey, I came to ease, ease your mind today. Um, if you want to go on the mission trip, we have had two spots that have come available. And so we would love for you to join us. Uh, we have a team of people that are going to Kansas City, inner city Kansas City, July the 1st through the 8th. Uh, I will let you know that it is, uh, it's $900. That covers everything, though. That's your transportation, all the lodging, um, everything that, that we do while we're there, all the projects, all of the food for the entire week, um, every bit of it. So uh, if that's something and you're in a place and you say, you know what, I can, I can do that, I can make that happen, and I want to be a part of that, let us know. And we want to get you all the information and let you know uh, all the good details. We would love for you to go with us if, if that's something you want to do. Uh, Made New Weekend, which is our baptism Sunday, is next Sunday. So during this service, the 1045 service, uh, we're going to be baptizing people, and so if, if you want to follow Jesus in water baptism, maybe you've never done that before, maybe you did that a long time ago when you were a kid, and, and now you realize, man, this is what baptism represents, and I want to be water baptized as an adult, uh, that's perfectly fine. We would love for you to participate in that. You can go on the Church Center app and register, or go online, yourimpactchurch.com and register, and uh, we'll be sure and get everything situated for you. We'll have a shirt for you, a towel for you. We want to take care of all those details. Uh, so that you don't have to worry about all of that, and you can just come prepared um, in your heart to just follow Jesus and water baptism. That's next Sunday, so get signed up if you want to be a part of that. And then the last thing I'll make mention of, uh, we talked about it last week for the first time, but Saturday, July the 9th is our citywide serve day. We have serve days every single month throughout the year, and we do different things and outreaches, but this is the one time a year when we, uh, we encourage 100% participation. And so if you are around, if you are available, if you, uh, if you have breath in your lungs, we want you to serve on this day. This is uh, from 8 to 12. We'll meet out here in the parking lot. And I told you last week we have 16 different teams that you can choose from to decide where you want to serve on that day. So a lot of different projects. It was cool. We got to check one of them out yesterday and figure out what we we're going to be doing. Um, one of those places is Impact Paris Recovery Ministry. 
uh, and we're going to be able to be a huge blessing to them as, as well as several other organizations that maybe they don't have the resource to do what they need to do or the people to do what they need to do uh, or even the time. I mean, no, we can be the time, we can be the resource, and we can be the people to go in and be a blessing to them. So Saturday, July the 9th, go on the app under the events tab. You'll see uh, Serve Day 22. And you can swipe through all of the different options for teams. Get signed up for a team. We already had several people sign up last week. I mean, I think as soon as I mentioned it, we were checking that on Monday. And there were several people that were signed up for Serve Day. So thank you. Uh, if you have not signed up yet, we would highly encourage you to do that. We'd love for you to serve with us uh, on Saturday, July the 9th. Um, so we are in a series. I want to continue in our series today that we've called Red Letters. And we're in this series for uh, the entire summer and normally we do series for about four to six weeks, somewhere in that range. This one is a little bit longer because we wanted to really just focus in for the entire summer on one, uh, one thread of messages, and we're looking at the teachings of Jesus. So the things that are in red in your Bible, uh, those are the things that we're talking about. And so today I want us to look at a statement that it's found in multiple places in the Bible. Uh, a couple of the Gospels, Jesus actually makes mention of it and he says it. It's in red in your Bible, but I want to read through all these. We're going to be in four different locations in uh, God's Word for just a moment, and then we'll talk about it. So we're going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have a Bible, or you can always look on the screen. Starting in verse 1, it says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and, your children, and their children after them May fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all the decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Now look with me over at Luke chapter 10, and let's read in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Look over in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And last, let's look at Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Um, I've simply titled the message this morning. If you're taking notes, I want to talk to you about the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment. In this series where we're looking at the teachings of Jesus, things that Jesus said, I want to talk to you a little more in depth about the greatest commandment. And here's point number one if you're taking notes. What is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? Now, it would be easy for us to just quote back, you know, we'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you would be right to do that. But I think there's so much more to this. And he also said, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But here's my question to you. If you can recite that or you can quote that back to me or you can, you know, say that from memory, or if I was to say what is the greatest commandment, you would just pop, that would be the first thing that would come out of your mouth. Here's my question. What does that mean to you? How have you activated that in your own life? If Jesus said the greatest commandment is that you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, are you loving God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength? And I want to look a little more in depth at some of these things because here's the reality. All of us men, come on, it's Father's Day. You got this big hunk candy bar when you came in the door today. Hopefully, if you didn't, you can get that on your way out, as I mentioned earlier. But we thought, you know, the word hunk means a large piece of something. It's a large piece of something. Now, I don't know if that offends you or if you take that as a compliment or, you know, I I don't know where you land with that. But you received that just kind of as a fun thing that we wanted to give you for Father's Day. But on the other hand, I also want it to be a reminder for us because It's also a picture of how some of us serve God. Is we give him a big piece of something. We give him our marriage because our marriage was falling apart, but he doesn't have our money. And so we're not loving God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and everything that we have because we're holding things back from him. And so I'm serving God and I'm loving God with everything that I have but that except my own personal time, except what I enjoy that I'm not willing to give up, even though the Lord said you probably need to give that up because it's become an idol in your life. I'm willing to serve God in this way and love him in this way, but he only has a piece of me. And for some of us, we would feel pretty good because you know God has like 97% of us. But the other three, we just have on reservation, like, mm, you know, I just want to hold on to that 3%, because that's mine. I don't really want to surrender that. And so I hope that it's a reminder that we're not called to serve God in bits and pieces. We're called to serve and love God with everything, with all that we are. The Greek word, you've probably heard people make jokes about it and i've said things like this the greek word for all in that in that verse it actually means all but i love that i love that there are three other words that can be translated as that i think give us a a fuller picture it can be translated uh as whole entire or complete my question today is does god have all of you 
Like, you've completely surrendered. You are entirely his. Like, you wholly belong to him. Because Jesus said you're to love God in that way. And so Jesus says that we're supposed to love God with our whole being. And he lists four things, four areas that we're called to love God with. And it's our heart and our soul, our mind and our strength. And I want to take, under point number one, I want to take a few minutes and I want to break down each one of those because it's easy in our English language to just read through. I'm to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. I'm to love God in this way. But do we really know what that means? Because the actual words that Jesus used have deeper meaning than what we can really put on it in our English language. And so I want to go through each one of these, and they're going to be on the screen. The first one is he talks about our heart. We're to love God with all of our heart. And the, the Greek word is cardia. And this is what he's meaning when he says your heart. He's talking about your character, your will, your intentions, the center of your being. I like this one, your desire decisions that produce who you really are. Not who you pretend to be. When you love God with all of your heart, that means that, man, I'm loving him in character. That my will is submitted to his will. That he is Lord of my life at the innermost part of me. My decisions are based on him. My intentions are based on him. God desires for his will to be my will. He desires to use me and my free will. He wants me to choose to love him. He wants me to choose to love him. God desires for you to love him from the innermost part of you. And so he says you're to love God with all of your heart. He says you're to love God with all of your soul. And this Greek word is suke. And it means your vital breath, your affections, I like these, your distinct identity, and your unique individual personality. You are called to love God with your distinct identity, with your individual personality. And I'm curious today, has anybody ever taken a personality profile assessment test, whatever you want to call it? Come on, we got any Enneagram people in the room today? You know, you're looking, you walk into church and you're like, yep, there are three. You know, you just like, you, you're sitting next to somebody who's like, yep, there are nine. You know, and some of you, if you don't know what that is, then you're probably going to go look that up when you leave here today. Or you've taken the DISC profile. There are a ton of these things. And here's my question. You figured out what your personality is. And the whole point of that, and we even use that in Next Steps to try to help you discover where you would be a fit with your personality to be able to serve people well. And so we use tools like that, even here at this church. But you ever had somebody, or you ever been the person that you used your personality profile or the way that God wired you and you said, this is just my personality, and you used it as an excuse for the way that you treated people? Like it was a justification for how you were going to treat somebody? Well, that's just who I am. I'm just in your face. That's just my personality. Did you know that Jesus said that you're distinct, unique, Individual personality is what you're called to, to love God with. Not use it as a justification. Listen, we're really good at saying we love God and then treating people poorly. And trying to justify it. And Jesus, one of the things that he said, he said, you're to love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And if you dig into that word, he's talking about your affections, your identity, your personality. God gave it to you and he wants you to use it to love him and serve him. The next one he talks about is the mind. He says, you're to love God with all of your mind. Dianoia. 
He says, it's your understanding, it's your intellect, it's your thoughts, and I like this, your reasoning. How you reason things out in your mind, how you process things in your mind, that you're called to love God with all of your thoughts, with all of your reasoning, with all of your knowledge and understanding and intellect. How many of you know that you can have all the knowledge in the world and still not love God? Just because we know a lot of things does not mean that we are serving God in the way that he has called us to. And Jesus says you need to take all of that knowledge and you need to take all of that understanding and all of that intellect and all of that thing that I've gifted you with, your mind, your reasoning, and I want you to love God with it. Love God with it. What would it look like for you to love God with everything that you think about? You know, Paul, he tells us to, he says, this is what we do. We take our thoughts captive, to which I heard one time a, a pastor say that, and it stuck with me forever. He said, that's really not the part. We, we like to focus in on the first part of that. We've got to take our thoughts captive. And so we're going throughout our day. We're like, I've got to take my thoughts captive, take my thoughts captive, take my thoughts captive. And he says, here's the reality. You're already taking your thoughts captive. The thoughts are coming into your mind, and then you have to decide what to do with them. So it's actually the second part of what he said that is the most important part. The thoughts come into your mind and we make them obedient to Christ. The thought comes into my mind and it's almost like I picture it in this way. I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on that one. Like, yep, that one I, need, I probably need to work on that. That's God. No, nope, I'm not going to sit here and think about that because that's not of God. And we're taking our thoughts captive, but... Instead of focusing so much on taking our thoughts captive, what if we took our thoughts and we said, you know what, I'm going to make them obedient to Christ. I'm not going to sit here and think about, I'm going to do what Paul said, I'm going to think about what is true and what is pure and what is lovely, what is admirable. I'm going to make sure that my thoughts are obedient to Christ and we're loving God in that way with our mind. Here's the last one he mentions, the fourth word is strength. It's iskus. It means your power, your might, and your ability. Let me ask you a question. What has God given you the ability to do? And are you loving him well with it? We go on a mission trip. You just heard me talking about it. Uh, usually, I think it's been in July every single summer that we've gone over the last few years. And one of the things we talk about on the mission trip is how this is an opportunity for us to love God with all of our strength. With all of our power, with all of our might, with all of our ability. God, this is what you've gifted me to do. This is what you've given me the ability to do. I have breath in my lungs, and I can move around, and I can hold that, and I can fix that, and I can paint that, and I can do that. And I'm going to use all of my might, and all of my power, and all of my strength, and all of my ability to love my God. And we always say, when we come back from the mission trip, what if we were just... So worn out, but not worn out from lack of rest, just worn out because we have loved God with our strength all week long. We have just loved God. When was the last time, think about this, when was the last time that you sat down on a Saturday or you woke up on a Saturday morning and you thought, I just need a day off because I have worked so hard this week loving God with all my strength? We probably don't say that. Like, I have done everything I know to do with my ability and my might and my power and my strength, and I have loved God so much this week that I just need to sit down today. He says, 
not only, not only with all your heart, and with all your soul, with that distinct personality I've given you, and with your mind and your thoughts and your understanding, but with all of your strength, with everything I've given you the ability to do, we're called to love God in that way. I think we could say it this way to help us better understand it, is that we should love God with all of our character and our intentions, our personality, our identity, our thoughts, and our abilities. And when you dig into what Jesus was saying, it's interesting to me that he pretty much covered it all. That if you get the in-depth meaning of these words that he used, he pretty much covered everything that you could ever do and every dimension of your life. He says, I want your heart, I want your mind, I want your soul, I want your abilities, your power, your might, every bit of it. One commentator says it this way. He says, the greatest commandment is to love God with all that we are and have. Heart, soul, mind, strength, possessions, and service. And that loving God doesn't mean that we just have good feelings about him. Where there is love, there will be service and obedience. What would it look like for you, come on, what would it look like for you to show up on Saturday, July the 9th and love God with all your strength? What would it look like for you to, to become a part of this church and begin serving somewhere that God has called you to and love God with all your, all your ability, all of your might, all of your power? Like, I, I'm going to love God in this way. And I love that this commentator, he says that, Loving God doesn't mean just having good feelings about God. How many of you have had good feelings about God? And how many of you have had not good feelings about God? Love is not, let me put it another way. How many of you have had good feelings about your spouse? Come on, let's all participate today. You've had good feelings about your spouse. How many of you have had not so good feelings about your spouse? Come on, look, yep, okay. Love is not based on a feeling. It's not about like, I, I feel good about God. And that must mean that I love him. No, how I know that I love him is by the way that my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, service, obedience, all of these things. Where there is love, there will be service and obedience. But we also can't separate loving God in this way from what Jesus said is just as important. And that's loving other people. John would, John would tell us this. This is 1 John 3.10 says, this is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Wouldn't this be a great sermon? You show up to church and John's ready to speak to you and he says, all right, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about how we know who the children of God are and how we're going to find out who the children of the devil are. He says, those who, those who don't do what's right, they're, they're not children of God. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. I think that Jesus is serious about how we love the people around us. How we love him and how we love others. How we love him and how we love the people around us. And we cannot use our personality and how we're wired and what we've been through. Listen, I know you've got a different personality than me. I know you've been through things in your life. I know that you've got experiences that I don't have and I've got experiences that you don't have, but we cannot use any of those things as justification to not love God and not love people. We are called to love God with everything and love the people 
around us. I love this question I heard a while back from another pastor, and I want it to, to stick in your mind. We're going to put it on the screen. He said it this way. He says, when faced with a decision about what to do, ask what love requires of you. When faced with a decision about what to do, ask what love requires of you. What would it look like in your life for you to stop and pause before you sent that email and before you posted on Facebook and before you put that picture on Instagram, before you called that person, before you talked about that person, before you gossiped about that person? What would it look like if you stopped and said, you know what, when I'm faced with a decision about what to do, I need to ask, what does love Requi I'm called to love God with everything and love my neighbor as I love myself. What does loving my neighbor look like? What does love require of me in this moment? What does love require of me in this situation? As I encounter this person, what does love require of me? As I'm parenting my kids, what does love require of me? As I'm doing life with my spouse, what does love require of me? When I encounter that person that offended me, what does love require of me? When I don't see eye to eye politically with the person that lives next door to me, what does love require of me? Jesus said, love God and love people. And I'll say it again before we move on to the next point. How, how can I love God with my intentions, with my personality, with my thoughts, with my abilities? And how can I love the people around me? Because these are the greatest commandments. Here's point number two. Everything hangs on these commandments. I want you to look back at Matthew 22. It says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, all of the law and the prophets, they are summed up in this greatest command that Jesus gave. And here's the way I process it in my mind. If we love God, we will love our neighbor. And if we love our neighbor, we will not do anything to harm our neighbor. Doesn't it make sense when you stop and think about it that everything that God has commanded can be summed up in these two things? He says, everything hangs on this. Well, what about thou shalt not? It hangs here. Well, what about I'm supposed to, it hangs here. Well, what about, you know, I'm not supposed to murder, it hangs here. Well, what about that whole lying thing, it hangs here. Every bit of it. He says everything you read in the law and everything you, that the prophets wrote, they all hang. In other words, if we will do loving God and loving people with everything, loving our neighbor as ourselves, then everything else comes as a byproduct of that. Because when I'm loving God and loving people, I'm not doing all of the other things anyway. And so we get so focused on, well, what about this? What about this? It all hangs right here. Jesus said it. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and all the law and prophets all hang on these two things. Every bit of it. Jesus summed it all up, and he gave us the instruction. He said, this is what you need to do. And if we love God and we love our neighbor, listen, we're not going to steal from them. We're not going to murder them. We're not going to lie to them. We're not going to covet what they have. But why? Because we're loving God with everything. And we're loving our neighbor. And I think Jesus says, if love God with everything and love your neighbor and all of these other things, you will just do them. 
because they all hang on these two commands. And the list could go on and on, and you can fill in the blank with whatever you wanted to put in there from the Old Testament or the prophets or the law or whatever you want to say. And Jesus basically says that every bit of it hangs on doing these two things. It's loving God with everything and loving people in our lives. Here's point number three. And I want to end with this one. Is this is living. Luke chapter 10, we just read it earlier, starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Look at what he says. Do this. And you will live. Do this and you will live. Culture would tell us. Listen, this is what this is what culture would say. Well, you only live once. And do what feels right, and do what seems right, and do what you like, because one day you're gonna grow up, one day you're gonna get married. And when are you going to do this? And you've got to have all these experiences in your life. You know, like YOLO, you only live once. And I would say YOLO, yes, you only live once. You get one life, one opportunity to serve God and love God and make a difference in this world. One. Maybe you've heard something like this. You ever heard, had somebody tell you or you've heard it said this way? Like, you do you. You do you. You know what? You just do you. You know what I think is the best, you know what advice I could give you? You do you. You know what the only problem I see with you do you is? Is that you doing you doesn't care about me. And me doing me doesn't care about you. When I'm focused on you do you. So that means what I want, what I desire, how I see it, the way that I want it. It's, it's me doing me. And Jesus didn't say, you do you. He said, you need to love God with everything. And you need to love other people as you love yourself. Nothing in there tells me to do me. It says... Form your life around loving God and loving people. And Jesus said, when you do this, do this. This guy said, how do I, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, What's, what does the law say? What is, what, how, does, how do you interpret it? And he quotes this verse. He quotes this statement. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. You've answered correctly. Now do this and you'll live. And I was looking up because I love how Jesus flips the script on this whole thought process. You know, that he says that the, the way to truly live is by living according to these two commands that, that are the summation of the law and prophets. He says, this is, this is living. This is how you'll experience true life. You're asking me how you can inherit true life? What, what does the law say? Okay, yeah, you're right. Do that. Do that. 
That's how you'll experience life. Love God with everything and love the people around you. And Jesus flips this whole thing around. And the word that Jesus uses here in this phrase where it says, do this and you will live. If you look up the word live in the original language, it means to experience God's gift of life. I'm going to bring the worship team back. Experience God's gift of life. So we want to experience God's gift of life. Anybody in here to say, you know, I just don't want to enjoy my life. I just really hope that I wake up tomorrow and I just don't enjoy it. Nobody would say that. We all want to enjoy our life. We all want to have life. What Jesus said in John 10, 10, like I came to give them life and life to the fullest. We all want that. But in this situation here, this guy says, how do, how do I get, how do I inherit eternal life? Like what, what does this look like? Jesus says, do that. Love God and love people and you will live. You will experience, love God and love people, and you will experience God's gift of life. And if you're like me, when you think about that, doesn't it change the way that you think about that? When Jesus said, it's no longer, it's no longer like, well, what's the greatest commandment? We'll love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we can just quote it all. Love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. How are you doing with that? That's loving God with everything. That's a daily decision to get up and say, you know what, today I'm going to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength, all my ability, all my power, my personality, everything God's gifted me with, every bit of it. I'm not giving him pieces of it and holding back 3% or holding back 10%. No, he has it all. And I'm going to love God with all of it, and I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my neighbor. Now, if you're here today and you would ask, well, who is my neighbor? Well, Jesus would also speak to that, and I'm not going to read that to you today, but you can go back in one of these parables we were talking about. Jesus tells the parable of the great Samaritan. There was somebody who was trying to get out of the situation. He's like trying to justify, well, who really is my neighbor? And Jesus said, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you who your neighbor is. We got to love God with everything and love the people around us. Will you stand to your feet today? We could sum up this last point in this way. When I love God with everything and love the people around me, I will experience God's gift of life. And I want to end in this way. I want you to think for just a moment. As you're standing there, we're about to sing this song. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. But I want you to think for just a moment. What would happen if we took Jesus' command seriously and we started living our lives to love God with everything and love the people around us what would happen in your family at your workplace in your life what would the church look like if it was full of people that loved God with all their heart soul mind and strength and loved their neighbor? as they love themselves. What would it look like if we began to ask the question, you know what, in this situation, what does love require of me? In this scenario, what does love require of me? In this conversation, what does love require of me? Because Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is just that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself.
just some things that I put down that if we were to take this command seriously and to truly love God and love people, what would happen in our lives? I think we would give our lives to serve Him. I think we would be to the place where we would be we would lay down our life to serve God because we're loving Him with everything. I think we would love people very well. I think that we would truly see what Jesus said when he said, they will know that you're my followers by the way that you love one another. I think that we would consider others above ourselves. And it would no longer be about me and what I can get. But it would be about, what, is, what does love require of me right now in this moment? What can I do for somebody else to serve them? How can I be like Jesus and wrap the towel around my waist and wash somebody else's feet? Here's the last thing I'll mention and I'll pray for you. I think that if we would take this seriously, I, I truly think we would experience true life. Because Jesus said, do this. Do this. You're right. You're right. You've said it right. Now do it and you'll live. Do it and you'll live. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Go ahead and bring our prayer team down. I just want you to ask yourself or ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? What are you saying to me through this message? And just let him, let him impress on your heart. Let him... Let him have access to the places of your life that you really haven't fully surrendered. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? And I want to give you right there with your heads bowed and eyes closed as you're asking that question and as you're praying. We're going to sing this worship song. We're going to end in this way, but we always have an opportunity at the end of our services for you to receive prayer. And I want to give you two invitations. The first one is what we say every single week, that if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, we want to have the opportunity to pray with you. If you need encouragement, you need somebody to believe with you, you're not sure what to pray right now, the situation you're going through, and you just need somebody to pray over you, somebody to just to agree with you for what you're believing God for, then we want to be here for you for that. But I also want to give you this invitation, because if you're in this room and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, You've never, you've never taken up your cross and followed him. And today, you know, and you'll know, you know, this is, this is my moment. This is my day. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Then when they sing this song for either one of those things, then you can just slip out of your seat. Let somebody pray with you. Just tell them, hey, I want to, I want to receive Christ today. I want to be saved today. I want to surrender my life to him today. Or if there's something going on in your life that you need prayer for, just... Just say, hey, I need prayer in this situation or that situation. We would love to pray for you. God, I thank you right now for the opportunity to be here in this room, in your presence, to worship you, to praise you, to hear from you. And God, I pray as we sing this last song, Lord, those that, are, that you are drawing to yourself right now, that they would... Lord, that they would not stay where they are, but Lord, that they would surrender their life to you today, that this would be the day. And Holy Spirit, if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, I pray you would draw them for prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.